Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You can be seated, church. So good to enjoy celebrating the wonder of the resurrection together. I just want to say good morning to everybody. If you're joining us online, thanks for being a part of what God is doing in this gathering. If you're outside uh, or in the chapel, I'm grateful that we get to be in the house of the Lord together. And welcome to Centerpoint. My name's John, and I'm lead pastor here. I'm grateful to kick off a new series this weekend called The Wonder Switch. And this is the first weekend of it. So what I want to do is invite you to come back. It's five weeks. And sometimes when you give yourself to something for... For a number of weeks, something deeper happens inside of you. So this is the first part of five, and I hope you'll come back for all all of it. All right, so we're going to be celebrating the resurrection today, but (laughs) earlier this week I had a... uh, I had a little outpatient surgery deal for something in my back, and uh, the nurse that took me in said, all right, we're going to be putting you under something called conscious sedation. And so she said, you're not going to remember anything that happens, and you're probably going to say some crazy things, and uh, tonight, you know, no driving, no operating any heavy equipment, don't make any big decisions, careful what you post online, because, you know, you're not going to be thinking straight. Uh, and, and I was just uh, talking a little bit. She said, what are, you, what are your plans for the weekend? I said, well, I'm going to be preaching all weekend at Centerpoint Church. I hope you'll come. And she said, oh, well, have you, have you written your sermon yet? And I said, actually, to tell you the truth, no, I haven't, I haven't written it yet. And she said, she pointed at me. She said, well, don't write it tonight, Pastor. Don't write it tonight. <laughs> and then we were kind of laughing. I was thinking, yeah, but it might be interesting. It might be a very interesting sermon, right? I was thinking, I wonder what my uh, conscious sedation Easter sermon would sound like. It'd be something like... Like, well, they buried him in chocolate pudding, and then the stone cookies rolled away into the sky and became tasty planets, and then the chocolate pudding was resurrectionally delicious. I mean, I think somebody might have been really excited about that sermon. You'd be thinking, you finally came up with something new to say for this whole deal. Anyway, we are here celebrating the resurrection, and what the resurrection really is is an opportunity to receive access into the promises of God. And so it's worth celebrating. And we join our voices with all those across the centuries who have taken hold of the resurrection together. And we say these words, Christ is risen. And you say, he is risen risen indeed. Christ is risen. risen. Come on, like you mean it. Christ is risen. risen One more time, even louder still. Christ is risen. All right, that sounds like the church that came ready to celebrate the resurrection. Yes, amen. Well, uh, I, want, I want to share the scriptures with you today, and we'll be turning in the Word of God in just a, a little bit to Luke chapter 24. But the first thing I want to do is just, uh, you know, last week there was something that was in the news every day, uh, and it caught my eye. It was this ship over in the Suez Canal. And some of you saw this ship over in the Suez Canal. You saw the pictures of it in the news. Uh, It was just this ship called the Ever Given, operated by the Evergreen Shipping Lines. And it was stuck in the Suez Canal, just stuck sideways. And uh, that was not expected. It was was not, ships don't get stuck there. They just go on through. But what was happening because that ship was stuck was that at first 100 more ships behind it were stuck, then 200, then 300. 
300, and ultimately 427 ships were just stuck at sea, unable to go through the Suez Canal there in Egypt. And they estimated that it was about $10 billion a day worth of shipping cost loss that was taking place because of this one ship that was stuck. And people were wondering what in the world happened. And it turns out that there was some kind of a sudden dust storm and all of the dust by the banks of this, of this river or this canal got stirred up and stirred up the sediment in the water and the water became shallower. The dust in the air caused uh, a visibility issue where the captain couldn't see and before you knew it, that ship was just stuck sideways in the Suez Canal. And it was unexpected. And I was thinking about it when I watched that and I thought, you know what, I think maybe that first Easter was a little bit like that. Unexpected. Not expected at all. Things were not supposed to go that way. I mean, because at the first Easter, the people that were living through it didn't know it was Easter. They just knew that Jesus had died. And so I want to just make sure that we understand the sequence leading up to what we call Easter so we can think about it together. And it starts with uh, what we think of as the Last Supper. And Jesus is gathering with his disciples and he's lifting up this bread and breaking it and saying, this is my body, it's broken for you. He lifts up this cup and he says, this is my blood poured out for you. And the disciples in this moment don't probably quite know what to make of these words. They're just looking at him, wondering what he means, you know? And then that night, Judas sells him out. And then there's this trial with Pontius Pilate. And then Jesus is convicted and he's sentenced to death. And the next day, on what we would call Thursday, he is crucified. He is crucified sometime just before lunch. And as he was there on the cross, people might have looked at that moment and seen the nails in his hands and thought to themselves, well, it looks like capital punishment's being carried out today. This is the harshness of the justice system or something like that. But what was actually taking place in that moment was that Jesus was taking upon himself in his very body all of the weight of all of the sin and guilt and shame of the whole entire world, every one of the billions of humans that have ever lived and brought their weight of sin and guilt to the table, Jesus picked it all up and took it with him to the cross. That's what was taking place in this moment. It says it like this in 1 Peter 2. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says about the cross, it says that he, Jesus, personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. That's what was taking place on the cross. All of our sin was being carried by him. It said he personally carried our sin. Say it, he personally. Say it, he personally. For Jesus, it was personal. It was personal how he felt about you, wanting you to be free and forgiven. It was personal how he felt about you, how he desired for you to receive his gift of salvation. It was personal for Jesus that you would understand the depth of his love for you, so much so that he was willing to take upon his very own body all of the garbage, all of the brokenness, all of the pain, all the disgrace, all the mess of the human story for all eternity, and he took it upon himself in that one moment. And that moment was a moment that I don't know if we could even understand the depths of. But, but Jesus is taking into himself all of that sin and shame and guilt. And then it says that when he was at the last moment, he breathed out his last and he said, it is finished. It is finished. People trying to pay the price for themselves. It's finished. 
people carrying around the weight of guilt and shame themselves, it is finished. People trying to make themselves right with God, it is finished. People being stuck in dead, empty religiosity, say it, it is finished. And he breathed his last and he gave up his life. He did that so that you and I could really live. And then when he breathed his last, it, in a way that goes beyond what we can imagine, he entered into death, the reality of death and hell and the grave, and even declared there in the realm of death the glory of what he has accomplished by the cross. And, and that's, that's what has been taking place, but the disciples don't know what's about to take place. All the disciples know is that Jesus is dead. All the disciples know is that Jesus has been crucified, spat upon, mocked, beat, and thrown in a tomb. That's what the disciples see in this moment. They don't know what's about to happen. They just know the grief of the sorrow and the loss that they've just lived through. All they know is the fear about what, what could happen now, now that Jesus is gone. That's what they're left with. That, that experience of the loss of the pain and the death of Friday and Saturday. And, and then they just want to pay respects, right? So they, they bring some spices and they head to the tomb. And that's what we read in Luke chapter 24. In, in Luke chapter 24, in verse 1, uh, this, is, this is what we read there. It says, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went through the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. The men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he'd rise again on the third day. And they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. And stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And he went home again, wondering what had happened. Everyone say, wondering what had happened. Just one more time, say it, wondering what had happened. So Peter's just wondering what had happened. And I think maybe Peter's doing some adult wondering in this moment. I, here's what I mean. I think when kids wonder, it's a little bit like this. Ah, wow, I wonder what's next. But when adults wonder, it's different. Adults wonder a little bit more like, I wonder what's going to go wrong now. I wonder when the other shoe's going to drop. I wonder how much more messed up things are going to get. I wonder what bad thing's going to break apart now. I wonder who messed up this whole graveyard thing. I wonder who forgot to deal with the burial correctly. I wonder why this is going so bad. I wonder what's going to happen to all of us now that Jesus is gone. I, do you see what I'm saying? Like Peter is in that in that mode of wondering. And here's the deal. Peter has lived through the Friday of the crucifixion and the death and the burial and, and the shame of it and, and the, the pain of it, the brokenness of it, the concern of it, the loss of it, the grief of it. 
And what can happen is when you live through a Friday and a Saturday like that, you can just kind of get used to the fog. It's kind of like for, for some of us living through this last year, and maybe we've just kind of gotten used to the fog of the Fridays, of the Saturdays, of the, of the disconnection, of, of the deception, of the concern, of the hesitation, of the brokenness, of the division and the ended relationships. And we just kind of maybe got used to the fog of it all. And maybe in our own lives, we're looking at some things that have gone down and we are wondering what happened. And we're wondering why it turned out that way. And I want to tell somebody today, it's time to flip the wonder switch. It is time. It's time to walk over to this switch, right? It's time to flip the wonder switch and to stand in the face of the things that you have lost, the things that you're grieving over, the things that you're concerned about, and to flip the wonder switch and to begin to say, instead of, I wonder why it went so bad, and instead of, I wonder how much worse it's going to get, to flip the wonder switch and flip it to begin to say, I wonder what God's going to do now. I want you to just say that phrase with me. I wonder what God's going to do now. Say it. I wonder what God's going to do now. Say it one more time. I wonder what God's going to do now. What we're really talking about is activating this little thing called faith. Amen. What we're talking about is recognizing that there's always more than we can visibly see. What we're talking about is recognizing that there is a power that's available because of the resurrection of Jesus, and it's time for you and I to receive it. And that's my message today in a nutshell. The invitation of the message today is simply this, to receive the resurrection power of Jesus so you can rise. I want you to say my main idea with me out loud. Ready, say it strong. Receive the resurrection power of Jesus so you can rise. Look at somebody nearby you and say, so you can rise. Just say it, so you can rise. I don't know what you need to rise up out of today. I don't know what kind of strife and difficulty you need to rise up out of. I don't know what kind of challenge that you've been facing that you need to rise up out of. I don't know what kind of challenge and difficulty you've been facing, but I know this, that through the resurrection power of Jesus, there is something that can lift you. You can rise because he did. And so receive it today. Receive the resurrection power of Jesus so that you can rise. You know, there's this phrase that's used later in the New Testament in Romans chapter 4. It's written by the Apostle Paul, and it's this one sentence that kind of summarizes everything about Easter in one verse. And it just says this in Romans 4.25. It says, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. I want you to read those words out loud with me. Ready? Go. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. One more time, nice and strong, everyone outside and in the back, say it clear, go. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. There are two symbols of Easter, the cross and the empty grave. And the cross says, you are forgiven. I am forgiven because the penalty price for all my sin was paid for by the only one who's perfect, and that's Jesus. 
And so you got the, the cross, which decrees forever. If you've trusted in Jesus, you are forgiven and you're free of the guilt and shame of sin. And there's the empty grave. And the empty grave says that there's a way to live in this here and now life in victory and strength from God and to march through this world on into the next in and through and past death itself right into eternity because of what Jesus did in conquering death. I'm grateful for what this scripture says that we just read. It says that he was handed over to die because of our sins. That means I don't need to be handed over to die. He did it for me. It says he was raised to life to make us right with God. And personally, I'm grateful to be right with God. Is anybody here grateful to be right with God? Because when you are right with God, it doesn't mean that you are perfect and that you do everything perfectly. What it means to be right with God is to know that you are forgiven and to know that you are a beloved daughter, a loved son. To be right with God is to know that you have access to the grace and power of God in every moment in your life. To be right with God is to know that you have an access to the strength that can lift you when you're weak. To be right with God is to know the power of God to carry you when you need to be comfortable to be right with God is to know the power of God to change you from the inside out more and more each day of your life to become more and more of who God has made you to be. To be right with God is to rise up into your calling and your destiny empowered from the inside to do so because of the resurrection of Jesus. I'm so grateful to be right with God. I'm so grateful to be right with God and I'm so grateful that being right with God doesn't depend on me. I mean, did you hear the verse, Romans 4.25, it said that he was handed over to die because of our sins. He was raised to life to make us right with God, to make us right with God, as in he did it. But what's happening is we somehow end up forgetting about that and we get into our human religiosity and we think, no, 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 I need to make it happen for myself. And it's a little bit like what happened for me this past year when I got COVID back in uh, December and, and I was a little bit sick and then I basically got better, but I was left with no taste or smell. And some of you have been through this, so you know the deal. No taste or smell. And it was awful. Everything tasted like cardboard. Absolutely everything. And it just wouldn't go away. And I was you know, trying whatever I could and I felt like I would do anything to just get my sense of taste and smell back. And then there was this little thing that was going around on, on the internet, on social media, and, and it was basically this deal where if you burned an orange and then mashed it up with brown sugar and cloves and, and then put some honey in it and, and ate it all like that, drank it all like that, then, then you'd get your taste and smell back. And, and, you know, I know, you're not supposed to believe everything you see on TV, right? So, but this wasn't on TV. It was on social media. <laughs> So next thing I knew, there I was in my kitchen, and I was just doing a little bit of this right there on the stove. I burned that thing up real good until it looked like the Death Star, like oozing juices on my stove. I took it, I mashed it up, I put the cloves, I put the brown sugar, I mashed it up good, I ate and drank all of it, all of it. And you know what happened? Nothing, (laughs) nothing happened. No, 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 that Jamaican secret didn't work for me, I don't know, but... 
But all that I did have was I got the experience of burnt crispy orange peel charcoals in my teeth. That's a thing. <laughs> but you know what, I, what I'm thinking is that spiritually, it, it, it gets to be kind of like that for some of us. We think to ourselves, all right, I'm going to deal with this problem myself. I'm going to heat up uh, my own attempts at being a better person. And then I'm going to mash in a whole lot of, of stopping doing all of that bad stuff, at least especially the obvious things that anybody would see. And, and then I'm going to add in the honey of I'm going to do a lot of good deeds for people. That's what I'll do. I'll make myself right with God. And it doesn't work. It's as effective as that orange thing was for me getting my taste back. It doesn't work. It's like God, our Father, looks at that and says, oh, that's, that's cute. Do you not realize that I have done it all? That when I went to the cross, I took upon myself all of it, all of the sin, all of the shame, all of the guilt, all the things that were burning you up inside and wrecking you, I took it all. I paid the price for you so that you could live free of the threat of having to think you have to pay for it yourself. He did it to make us right with God. This is what we get to celebrate at Easter, this resurrection miracle. And I want somebody today to receive the resurrection power of Jesus so you can rise. So you can rise up out of the shame. You can rise up out of the guilt. You can rise into the goodness of God. His power is available. I, I want to take you back to Egypt for a moment. No, I don't mean like Old Testament Egypt. I mean like the Suez Canal that we were talking about before. And so that ship, right, the Ever Given, stuck there sideways in the Suez Canal and everybody is wondering what in the world to do about it. Remember that ship? You saw it stuck there, uh, those pictures before? Well, it, it was still stuck. People were trying to figure out a plan. They got a team together from all over the world and they brought in heavy equipment, the world's biggest diggers, the world's biggest earth movers, the world's biggest excavators. Those things looked like child's toys next to that massive ship. They tried, they did all they could, dug and dug and dug and dug. And, and the, they were estimating that it was going to take probably 30 or 40 days and, and more. And they were going to get the world's biggest helicopters and start trying to lift the cargo containers off, maybe. I mean, who knows? And, and it, was, it was something like, I think they said $470 million an hour of loss because of those ships not able to get through. There were eight ships out there in the Red Sea stuck that had cattle and livestock on them that were all going to die because the ships couldn't get through and they didn't have enough to get around Africa, the long way. It was a terrible situation and, and, and people were wondering what in the world is going to happen. And then last Sunday, a super moon event in space caused a tidal surge in the Red Sea that caused the water level to rise in the Suez Canal unexpectedly by something like six and a half feet. And what those biggest diggers in the world couldn't do at all, suddenly because of a supermoon tide event and the surge that came was done in one night and the ship went free. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed seeing it. It was nice. Yay. <laughs> I wanted to tell somebody today, I believe that there is a super moon-like tide event that's available for you in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And where you feel stuck, there is a rising tide in the resurrection power of Jesus to lift you out of the mud that you have been stuck beneath. There is a rising tide in the resurrection power of Jesus to set you free from the addiction. There is a rising tide in the power of Jesus Christ to bring you up out of whatever you've been stuck under.
This is what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1 about that power. It says in Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is a tide that can raise you up out of whatever death you're facing. You can rise up. I want you to say to somebody right now, you can rise up. Just turn to somebody, tell them, you can rise up. You can rise up out of that addiction. You can rise up out of that affliction. You can rise up out of that oppression. You can rise up out of the shame. You can rise up out of the secret bondage. You can rise up into your calling. You can rise up into your destiny. You can rise up into being a living witness of the power and love of God. You can rise up into living a life as a beloved son of God, a mighty daughter of God. Rise up, church. It's time to rise up up in the power of the resurrection tide of Jesus. It's time to rise up. Just say, it's time to rise up. It is. It's time to rise up. It is time to rise up in his resurrection power and to say the words in 1 Peter 1.3. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say this next part out loud with me. Say it. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. If you know that you are born again, that is, that you asked for the forgiveness of God and he gave it to you and he gave you a new heart when he did that, you've been born again and you've been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have been born again and it has everything to do with that resurrection tide and I'm so grateful I'm born again. I'm so grateful that I've been born again, that I'm not the same person I used to be. I'm so grateful that I'm born again into second life, a, a life marked by God's mercy and grace. I'm so grateful that I'm born again into a life marked by the hope of heaven. I'm so grateful that I've been born again into the reality of living every single day knowing that I'm right with God because of what Jesus did for me. I'm so grateful that I've been born again and because of that, I get to look forward to an eternity of being loved by my God and welcomed into heaven when I die. I'm so grateful that I've been born again. If you're grateful, would you just shout, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be born again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, last year, I went through a couple of difficult things, and one of them was uh, I had to deal with, uh, with some tumors in my body, and so I had six weeks of radiation treatment that I went through. A anybody who knows anything about radiation, it's, it's no good. One week is bad. Two weeks is really bad. Three is awful. Six weeks is another thing altogether, and, and it, was, it put me through it. It was a tough time. And when I got to the end of it, you know what I was grateful for? I was grateful that the very last day of this treatment, uh, they gathered all of the nurses and doctors in that facility, and they all gathered around, and they had a ceremony where I got to ring the victory bell. And I know it sounds kind of silly right now, but in that moment, after all of the difficulty and the stress and the the challenge of going through, I was grateful that I got to ring a victory bell. And then they gave me a gold medal. 
okay, it's like 10 or something. But they gave me a gold medal as is uh, California cancer, protons, whatever. Anyway, this, this gold medal, you know, after going through all of the pain and difficulty and turmoil of that, that difficult treatment, I was so glad at the end of it to get a, a sort of a prize, right, that said, in a sense, you made it, buddy. You you made it. You're alive. You are an overcomer. Victory. And there's something meaningful about this to me, you know? And, and it, I was thinking about this. What about death? What if, after all of the trouble and tension and difficulty and challenge and pain and brokenness and shadows and all that you've had to overcome and deal with in this life, if you came to the end of your life and crossed the line into death and all you had was Saturday, nothing but more shadows, nothing but more separation from God, nothing but more emptiness, nothing but nothing. Man, I'm so grateful that there is a way to walk into Resurrection Sunday and to cross that line and to enter into the arms of my heavenly father who is saying, gold medal, come on. I got my arms wide open for you. Enter into your rest. I've been preparing a place for you. I've got something set aside for you. You are my beloved. Welcome home. I'm grateful that we get to have that to look forward to. And the reason we have it is because of the resurrection of Jesus. Because in his resurrection, he declared prophetically fulfilled that death is broken. The final sting has lost its power over us. And we get to rise with him in his resurrection power. We get to rise with him in this life, in the victory that his resurrection power brings into our here and now story. But we get to rise with him for all eternity in overcoming power through the resurrection. I'm grateful for that. And I'm hoping that for somebody today, you can receive that. And so I want to I bring, bring in this full circle. Jesus had a moment where after the death of Lazarus, he's talking to Mary, who's weeping because of the Saturday stench of death that they're dealing with there at the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus says these words to her. He says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Say the next part with me out loud. Go. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone. Somebody say Anyone. Anyone, and that includes every one of us. Anyone who believes. Anyone who believes in me. And so I, I want to take that statement, the main idea of the message that I brought out a little bit ago, and I want to bring it back to you right now, but I want to change it just a little bit and make it personal. And I want you to just say this one time with me out loud. Just say it. I receive and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus so I can rise. I want you to say it one more time with me. I receive and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus so I can rise. One more time, say it. I receive and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus so I can rise. Say it again with me. Say it. I receive and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus so I can rise. So I can rise in this life over whatever challenge is coming my way. And so I can rise for all eternity into the power of God and his promise of salvation. I receive and believe in the resurrection power of Jesus so I can rise. And for somebody, this is the invitation today to do just that. 
And so I want to pray for you that God would do some spiritual awakening in this moment. And the scripture says in Romans 10, verse 9, that if, say it with me, this verse out loud, ready, go. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This is God's word to you today. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord, that is to say, my life is yours. That's what that means. If you openly declare Jesus is Lord, like I belong to him. If you believe God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's an if though. And I wanted to invite somebody today to lift the if. To just decide today, you're going to say yes to Jesus and ask for his gift of eternal life. And so I want to pray that God would do some spiritual awakening among us right now. And so would you take a moment and take a deep breath for a second. We're going to pray for a minute and maybe close your eyes with me. Join me in God's presence and let's pray together. God, I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful for the reality of Easter and all that it means, the two symbols of Easter, the cross and the empty grave. I'm grateful, Lord Jesus, that you were handed over to die because of our sins and you paid the price for us. We're grateful. And I'm grateful, Jesus, that you were raised to life to make us right with God. I'm grateful. As you consider those two symbols of Easter, the cross and the empty grave, and what it means for you, would you just say it? If it's true, just say, I'm grateful. Just say it with me. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And God, I pray that for somebody right now, there would be an awakening, a spiritual awakening in whatever way it's needed. If you're with me right now, either online or in person, you're trying to put the pieces together. You're trying to figure out what this all means. What this means is that you are incredibly loved by God who has revealed himself to be a good father. And in his love, he's given the gift of his son for you so that you could be forgiven and set free for all eternity. He offers you the gift of salvation, eternal life. He doesn't force it on you. He simply offers it to you. And today, there's an opportunity for you to receive it. If you openly declare, Jesus is Lord. No one's forcing you to, but you just decide, I'm saying yes to Jesus. If you believe in what God did in raising him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so for somebody, right now, it's time to lift the if while we're praying together. And what this means is that you would once and for all, maybe you'd acknowledge, well, I still have questions, but I get this, that I need Jesus and his gift of the forgiveness of my sins. And I want to receive his gift of salvation. In this moment, pray with me and ask him for it. And if you're with me right now, in person or online, and you're saying, I want to do that, I want to say yes to Jesus and ask him to forgive my sins and save my life, then right now, if that's you, if you would earnestly say, I want to know that I'm forgiven, I want to know that I'm saved, I want to say yes to Jesus once and for all, right now, would you just raise your hand with me? Right now, raise it high and let it be known. In this moment, you're saying, I openly declare Jesus is Lord, and I believe God raised him from the dead. You raise your hand up and keep it up for a moment. I want to make sure I can connect with you and see you right over here in the middle in my left. Who else? I just want to make sure I miss you and don't miss you in the back in the middle. I see you, sir. That's great. Anyone else? Just make it known. You lift your hand right now and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Outside, you can raise your hand over here on my right. It's excellent. Thank you. If you're online, you just type into the comments in this moment and you say, 
I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. And let it be known. And those of you who have just raised a hand or you're saying yes to Jesus, would you pray with me? And in this moment, you pray, talk to God, say something like this. You say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Everything starts right there. You just say it, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin and just say, Jesus, I turn to you. Just say it, Jesus, I'm turning to you. Would you forgive me and save me? I declare you are Lord of my life. I believe you're alive. Just say that to him. I declare you are Lord of my life. Everyone who had your hand raised or you type that into the comments, say it with me. Jesus, I declare you are Lord of my life. And just say it, Jesus, I believe you're alive. Be my Lord and my Savior from this moment on. Thank you for new life in Jesus' name. And we all say together, amen. Let's stand up and celebrate God's goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you have been good to us. You are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, God. You are wonderful, Lord. Just say it to him. You are wonderful, God. Just say it one more time. You are wonderful, God. Let's honor him. Let's sing out and worship to him.